Well, thank you for your support. I really appreciate um, you being there and um, thank you for your giving. Uh, again, just such an amazing, wonderful uh, group of supporters, believers, and praying and trusting. Thank you so much. Um, day six of just thoughts about God and about life. Um, think with me for a moment about social pressure. Social pressure is not a bad thing by itself because that is how we learn how to behave as children, right? We watch, we observe, and we join in. We learn to line up as kids, right? In school, right? We learn to wait our turn as children, right? Those are very important skills. However, someone who is planning to take advantage of you will use or may use social pressure to manipulate you into making a decision that you are not really prepared to make. How many men have used social pressure to get the woman to agree to marry them? You know, they have the family around, everybody around, the crowd all, all focus on you in a moment. And then there's that pressure not to leave the man hanging. You don't want to really embarrass him, but you're not really settled on marrying him. A number of women have said, yes, I will marry you. And then two months later, break off the engagement in a, in a more quiet environment, right? When they knew all along they were not ready. Social pressure, the salesman trying to sell you the card and, car and it builds up to the moment and then everyone's looking at you, hey, this is this, this is this, is that. the social pressure is there and you feel pressured to move ahead and buy the car. There's this amazing story in the Bible of social pressure that reveals how you and I will experience social pressure in the last days. In the book of Daniel chapter 3, we read of the three Hebrew boys and that experience the king wanted everyone to bow down and worship a golden statue. The story really doesn't tell us um, who the statue represented. Some think it was a representation of Nebuchadnezzar's gods, or maybe it was a statue of him. But he demanded that all pledge their allegiance and loyalty to him by worshiping the statue, thus building up his ego and everything, right? So when the music played, the people were to all fall down, right? and worship man everybody get into the spirit and then let's all bow down and worship right now music was going on and all the pressure was there and then these three hebrew boys were like man we're loyal to the king man we're serving him he's he's in charge of government but worshiping him nah not gonna do it and they decided we're not going to bow down. <sighs> do, you know, you, do you know most people become, listen to this, willing to hurt other people, but they start off just being regular people who bow 
to social pressure and they get to the place where they will hurt other people because the social pressure was there to do that? Think of the hundreds of thousands of people who were brutally mistreated by Stalin. Neymar, the author of the controversial book, Stalin's Genocides, he argues that we need a much broader definition of genocide, one that includes nations killing social classes of people and political groups. In his case in point was Stalin. The, the book's title is plural. He argues that Stalin, his elimination of the social class, the kulaks, who were the higher income farmers, and then the subsequent killing that came as a result of the famine among the peasants, as well as, listen, the order number 00447 that called for the mass execution and genocide of socially harmful elements as enemies of the people, all of these combined were in fact genocide. So nearly a million of his own citizens were executed in the 1930s. Millions more fell victim to forced labor and deportation and famine and massacres and detention and all of this kind of stuff. In some, some cases, they had a quota of the number of people to be executed and the number of people to be arrested and some officials just would, would, would execute more and arrest more to try to show how, how um, enthusiastically they supported Stalin. The point being, listen to this, this, that ordinary people cooperated with the system that destroyed millions of other human beings, millions murdered starved to death because ordinary people bowed gradually to social pressure and millions died. Stalin didn't kill them all personally, no. Ordinary men and women bowed to social pressure and mistreated other human beings. What does this have to do in the last days? The three Hebrew boys said, we will not bow. My question is, why were there only three that stood up? Why only three? These three were willing to lose everything because they had already gained everything through their relationship with God. Let me repeat that. These three were willing to lose everything, including their life, because they had already gained everything through their relationship with God. Where are you in your walk with God? Where, where am I in my walk with God? Have, have we gained everything in God? Have we, have we made it clear, even to the point of our life, that it's all hidden in God? That's what's coming around the corner. That's what's coming for the church. The pressure is building.
And more and more, people are gradually making decisions that violate the love walk with Christ. He told us to love our enemies. Yes, he did. He told us to do that. And where are you going to be when the pressure comes to hate others because of their skin, to hate others because of their beliefs, to hate others because someone else told you to hate them? Father God, help us to stand as boldly as the three Hebrew boys today. Yes, God, help Help me to love the unlovable. Help me to bring the light of the gospel, the love and the grace and the mercy of God into situations where people are being treated horribly. Help me to be a beacon of light and truth. Help me to be one of the three standing today. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Thank the Lord. I pray that you would join me in standing. Refuse to live by lies. Live according to truth. The truth of God. Love you to life. Talk to you later.